Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. We're back for another auto-infused two hours of everything you want to know about cars. Uh, How to buy, how to lease, how to repair, how to maintain. Basically, how to avoid being ripped off by a car dealer. Sounds a little bracy, but it's true. Uh, my name is Earl, by the way. I'm a recovering car dealer in full transparency. I'm also a current car dealer, but this is not an infomercial. Um, and if you're a regular true oldies fan, great music from the uh, 60s and 70s, this is not a musical show. This is real, live, hardcore radio talk. And uh, we really get down and dirty. We uh, do things like mystery shop, other car dealerships. Uh, We take uh, live, candid calls from everybody. We love uh, criticism. We love constructive criticism. We'll take any kind, basically. We love for you to call us. And uh, we have text. Uh, We finally, knock on wood, after many weeks, have perfected our streaming that is streaming in the internet so we can be out to the whole world and we have a huge wide band of information going out this morning it is going out to facebook it's going out to uh uh, uh twitter periscope uh is going out to uh where else we got youtube youtube the biggest youtube YouTube is big, and uh, so anywhere out there, folks, go to facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Uh, you can go to your YouTube channel, uh, and we're out there streaming. So you see us in living color, and I say us because I'm not here alone in the studio. Couldn't do this uh, by myself, but I've got a, a team here of experts, and we've been doing this, by the way, for many years, not the entire team, Nancy Stewart and I, my co-host Nancy Stewart and I have been doing this for about what? How many? How many years? I lose track. Thirteen years. I say thirteen. Could be fourteen. Uh, something in that era. Started out as a half an hour show, expanded to an hour. Now we're two hours. I've got an automotive technical computer. I don't know what you want to call him. Rick Kearney is his name. He's been with me. He's worked for me for a long, long time. Been in the car business for longer than that, and. Uh, He's a walking encyclopedia. Actually, he's a walking Google, right? He's a walking Google. You can call Rick Kearney, and you can ask him anything mechanically, technically. I really should say electronically these days about your car. I bet you're having problems with your Bluetooth, uh, linking your Bluetooth with your smartphone. Rick can help you on anything with a car. Uh, Nancy Stewart, as I said, my my co-host, She's a strong woman's advocate, and we're in an era now where women are suddenly realizing they haven't been treated fairly for a long, long time, and uh, in fact, since the beginning of history. And so we're finally getting to the 21st century uh, where we're going to try to equalize things. One of the ways they've been most picked on has been walking into a car dealership or driving in to a car dealership to have your car serviced or going in to, have a, to buy a car. Women are not treated with respect and courtesy that they should. And Nancy Stewart has been, she's ahead of her time. She's been talking about that, as we said, for 13 years. And she sees life uh, in the automotive world from a woman's perspective, which is extremely important. She's outnumbered here in the studio. There's three of us guys, and there's only one of Nancy. But she makes up for that many, many times. Thank you. You got a special little treat for our 
female callers, don't you? Yes. Uh, I'd like to let the ladies know that if uh, you give us a call this morning at 877-960-9960, you can win yourself $50, the first two new female callers. And also, I'd like to give a shout-out to the ladies who may not have received their checks. If you'd be kind enough to give us a call at 877-960-9960, um, uh, uh, Rudy, who helps me out an awful lot, he'll take your information and he'll pass that along to me and I'll get that out to you and I apologize uh, for that. Also, uh, you can text us this morning if you're a little shy and that's at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Thank you, Nancy. And uh, as I say, nothing takes priority over you. Your calls are the lifeblood of the show. And uh, I say this honestly. We actually learn things from you, a lot of things. Uh, we got a lot of brain power out there uh, in radio land and Facebook land and YouTube land all over the world. I can't wait for our first international call, by the way. We haven't had any calls from overseas, as they say. But uh, That's true. Yeah. So uh, YouTube, I know you're worldwide, and Twitter is worldwide. Facebook, certainly. Facebook has got, what, 2 billion members? Something like that. That's, I mean, it's about a, a third of the population the, of the of the Earth. Exactly, and so mm. all you folks out there, it's important that you contact us. You can do a posting. You can do a text. Nancy just gave you the text number seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Of course, we have the old-fashioned telephone. Uh, you know, Nancy and I don't even have a home phone anymore. <laughs> the old-fashioned. We have a cell phone. You know, old, I mean, I'm 78 years old. I can't believe that the telephone is obsolete now. Yeah, it isn't really, I mean, but it's the smartphone. It, I was really caught off guard on Thursday whenever I was asked, Where's, where is your landline? Landline, yeah. Remember I said something to yeah. you? And, and I just looked, landline. Yeah, we don't have one. <laughs> well, anyway, that old-fashioned relic is 877-960-9960. If you still have one of those dinosaurs, I might think silly because your smartphone. But I, you know, I'm just, uh, I just—they've simply evolved. A comedian a li license <coughs> I have to say that eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. But let us hear from you. And uh, as I said earlier, we don't have to be told what we want to hear. We would love to hear what you want to say. As a matter of fact, we even have an anonymous link, an anonymous. Uh, website that you can go to and you can ask questions make comments you can tell us what you really think about us but seriously folks we'd like to have you call us and Beverly Hangout Wait. will be right with you call us on or communicate with us on our anonymous link that anonymous link is youranonymousfeedback.com www.your Y-O-U-R, anonymous, A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback, F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K, dot com. Your anonymous feedback dot com. So you can reach us anyway, and we've been reached by. Yes, uh, congratulations, Beverly, and welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. You're our first female caller this morning, and you won yourself $50. And if well, I can't. Oh, go ahead. And if you'll stay on the line when we're finished, uh, you can give Rudy your information, and I'll get the check out to you. A huge thank you for the program, for the anonymous website. I have a program that helps four single women, and this will be a huge blessing. It's the first time I've ever even heard of this 
uh, website. So I thank you so much. Well, fantastic. Uh, Beverly, the uh, company that does that, if you want to set it up for your own uh, use, is called Incognito. And it's not spelled the way it sounds. It's Incognito, I-N-C-O-G-N-E-A-T-O. Like neat, that's neat, Incognito. And that company does the anonymous websites for a lot of blue chip companies like, I think, Amazon and uh, Public Radio and uh, Adobe. But it's really a national, probably international thing. The anonymity is absolutely guaranteed. But thank you very much for calling. What's on your mind? Well, I guess that's on my mind. You know, I caught the tail end of what you were saying about how women are treated differently, like on cars and different things. And I, I guess I've lived kind of a privileged life in a lot of ways. But since I, ha- I had a tragic death in my family three years ago, and I started a program to help four really needy women to keep me busy, to get my mind off my grief. And I'm really amazed at how people, not just women, but women that are not on a certain financial level, how they're treated differently. Like if I ever was to have a problem, which I wouldn't, but if I did have a problem paying my electric bill late, I could call in and they would extend it. But all four of my girls, for different reasons, because of um, abusive ex-husbands, no child support and different things, are really struggling and they don't get treated the same as I do. And it's heartbreaking to see what happens to a woman when she gets down on her luck. So that's what's on my heart is, is helping single women. Well, Beverly, uh, can you tell us how women can contact you with your program? We'd love to give you some uh, publicity on the air because Nancy, uh, she's a strong advocate from an automotive standpoint. It's really wonderful to have folks like you taking care of women from uh, all aspects. What What is the uh, way they can contact you? Absolutely. My, un- my unofficial program that will be official soon is called the Rust junior program. It's in honor of Russ Elgin, who was a very honorable fire chief that got killed three years ago in a fire, um, I'm sorry, in a plane crash. And he was just a wonderful person. And when he died, I decided to carry on his legacy of being kind to people. And it stands for Rise Up and Seek Success. And my phone number is 561-427-4330. And I truly have been praying for a miracle because I have this one lady that her ex-husband went to jail for abuse, and she has five beautiful children, and she is in desperate need of a car and not good credit. So I actually am trying to raise funds to help her get a car. But if there's some wonderful car dealership out there that has one extra car, that's what I'm praying and believing for. Well, that's uh, marvelous, Beverly. I. Uh, I'm so proud and honored to have you call our show. Let me give that number out again. This is the Rush Junior Program, and uh, Beverly is uh, uh, an advocate for this. If you call this number, 561-427-4330, you can speak with Beverly, and she can give you advice and help on how to uh, to uh, remedy a problem right. you may have as a woman. Yes. And, that, and we need programs like yours. So thank you so much for the program. Thank you. I won this morning. It's a huge blessing, and I can't thank you enough. Well, thank you, Nancy. I know you have some comments for Beverly. Uh, Beverly, uh, I can't thank you enough, uh, as Earl said, uh, for doing what you are doing right now. And uh, 
there's more of it going on out there with the ladies than you know any anyone really suspects and uh, it's always great to, to have an option uh, that's uh, whether they can come to you or I hear uh, you know from the ladies uh, throughout the week and whatever you know tip I can share with them uh, as part of the life that I've lived and uh, being a being a single mom at uh, you know at a very young age and having to learn to ne negotiate in so many different ways uh, it's women like you and myself uh, that are you know helping these ladies and again thank you very much I thank you. You know, one of my favorite stories is the starfish story where he says you can't make a difference when you're throwing the starfish back. But the little boy says to the man, I made a difference to that one. And if every successful woman that's on her feet would take one woman under her wings, it's not. This world would be such a better place. And that's why I love your program, because you're giving us good information. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a whole lot of vulnerability whenever you're, you know, financially strapped and you're a single uh, single mom and unfortunately there are people out there that just really like to take advantage of that so again thank you for your work stay on the line thank Beverly we got we got fifty dollars we'll okay. send you and uh, uh, maybe you, will, you, you might even want to use that to help some of the folks you're helping but thanks so much uh, you'll give uh, Rudy your contact information and he'll see that you get a check in the mail I appreciate y'all so much thank you bye bye Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us, 772-497-6530. And uh, thank you, everyone that has tuned in to Earl Stewart on Cars this morning. Uh, we appreciate you as much as you appreciate us. Now back to the recovering <coughs> car dealer. I got a signal that we have a posting or a text. We do. Actually, this is a uh, incognito that came in from youranonymousfeedback.com. Oh, wow. Um, and it's actually very relevant because we have a similar issue in our mystery shopping report today. The question is, is there a rule or a reasonable expectation of a discount for demo cars? Say 4,000 miles on the clock, but no owner. Can one request new tires and an oil and filter change? I'm having trouble finding data to understand what is fair and reasonable. Thank you. Well, a de demonstrator vehicle it can be a very good value. Uh, it depends on the mileage. And you have to be sure it is a genuine uh, demonstrator. Interestingly enough, the way the title law goes in all the states, until a car has been titled, it's considered a new car. One of the dangers is being sold a car with miles on it that was used as a demonstrator, but they just don't tell you. It's a matter of the dealer's word. Is this a demonstrator? Or was this just a car that has been tried out by customers? Every time a car, a customer comes in, if they wish to take a ride in a new car, they can take a ride. Matter of fact, before the car even gets to a dealer, it can be driven by salespeople and other dealerships. Cars are often dealer treated, swapped back and forth between dealerships. Car from Jacksonville coming down to North Palm Beach got 300 miles on it. That's not a demonstrator. It just happened to be transferred. Uh, Cars are also test-driven at the factory because they have to be checked for flaws and uh, quality control checked. So there's a dozen or more reasons why a car could have mileage on it. But if the salesperson is upfront and says this is a demonstrator vehicle and we are 
discounting it, if they're truly discounting it, and you can verify it by shopping and comparing, it can be of value. Just be absolutely sure the car has not been titled. Just the mere act of titling a car with zero miles on it depreciates the value significantly. And you also have to be aware of the impact possibly on your warranty for miles being put on it and Good the in-service date. Good point. And uh, that's, that, I think that might vary by manufacturer. I'm not sure if that's yeah. a state law. Typically, a few hundred miles is not a problem, but a few thousand miles can be. But you should always be sure that if you have a car with miles that they says was a demo, that the amount of miles on the car is added to your warranty. So if you've got a 36,000 mile warranty and there's 360 <coughs> miles on the car, be sure that your warranty extends for 36,360 miles. Great information. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to a regular caller. Uh, Tina's giving us a call from Benita Springs. Good morning, Tina. Good morning. How are you doing, Nancy? And uh, good morning, Earl and Rick and Stu. Hey. Nice to see you this morning. Oh, thank you. Um, Nancy, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you for a little while, and I figured today would be a great idea to chat with you. But I found an article on Automotive News this morning about a Subaru dealership in Massachusetts. 30% of their sales force and their workforce is women. All right. And they're doing a bang-up business because they are women. So I'm hoping this is the beginning of the tide beginning to change in the automotive industry. Yes, it, uh, it definitely is. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting a, a lot of um, attention, let's put it that way. And uh, there are more and more women who are interested in getting into the business. Uh, I have to say that uh, we here at Earl on Cars, uh, we are working on that ourselves. And uh, our goal is 50%. And uh, we're working on it. And we are dedicated to reaching that goal, 50%. So to what you just said, uh, what was the name of that dealership again? I do believe it's called Planet Subaru, and it's in Hanover, Massachusetts. Oh, in Massachusetts. OK. And and they're mm -hmm. and they're at thirty percent. Yes. Answer. Yes, they're and that's that's We're a big deal. I mean, this show. isn't just women saleswomen. Uh, uh, this is also women that are working in the engine base too. This is the whole sales force and the entire workforce. Yes. Um, uh, Stu, I didn't quite catch what you. I said we're only at twenty percent on this radio show. <laughs> okay, well that's an interesting well, figure. Uh, yeah, but she's the pretty. Yeah, but she's the prettiest out of all of you. That so, is you know, she's absolutely got that. true. And well, she's probably the smartest too. <laughs> that is true too. Okay. Hey, thank, wait thank a minute now. Hey, uh, <clears throat> uh, Tina, have you caught you know any any of the shows uh, that are airing now? Uh, I myself have, and uh, they're geared twer toward uh, women, and they're uh, working on uh, vehicles just like Rick. And I have these garages that have opened up, and uh, it's 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 definitely an interesting time. Have you uh, seen any of that? No, I'm not really a big TV watcher, so I've I've missed out. But I guess I have to get on Netflix or get on Hulu and do some catching up. And I think that's great. I think it's kind of like the unofficial glass ceiling that women haven't really been able to cross, and. For a long time, it used to be, especially male customers, felt really funny about a female working on their car. But mm -hmm. now the tide is starting to change. I heard one time about someone that was 
taking his Porsche in to get it serviced, and he was shocked when he found out that the master mechanic in that particular dealership was a woman. Mm-hmm. And there she was in his car taking apart the wiring harness, and he he was freaking out. Yeah. And the, the general manager said, hey, listen, she knows what she's doing. She's trained. Yeah. She's a master mechanic. And yeah. after he explained it to him, yeah. then he kind of calmed down. But there was just this immediate prejudice. Interesting. Uh, and this this type of exposure that we're getting, as I mentioned, uh, the uh, you know these uh, programs on TV on uh, you know uh, Sunday morning, or I can't even remember. I had accidentally uh, fell upon it, but it was just uh, mind-boggling uh, that these women are working. You know, uh, they're under the car and over the car, and they're working on it. Like I said, just like Rick, and uh, this kind of exposure is uh, reinforcing. Uh, in the auto industry, the uh, intelligence of a, of a woman and what she can do, whether it be in sales, whether it be in the body shop, uh, uh, all over the spectrum. Yeah, I can. I'll, I'll jump in here as a man for a minute and tell you, in my 50 years in the business, uh, and Stu will back me up on this, we find that y- your average female salesperson is much better than the average male. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons is that most of the customers male and female, and their polls to support this, would prefer to deal with a female. Now, I'm not speaking to mechanics and repair, but I'm speaking to the sales force. Um, you come into an automobile dealership, uh, you, most people, women and men, would prefer to deal with a female. And that's the reason I, it's a shame, a lot of females don't understand that, and you women out there listening, uh, uh, you are a better salesperson on average than the average man in an automobile dealership. And if you're looking for a career, uh, that is a great career if you can find the right dealership, of course. But you don't want to go into a dealership where they flim-flam people. But if you can find an honest dealer that would like to hire salespeople, he'll be very happy to hire you because he knows you could do a better job. You know, for the uh, t- the bottom line always, as we know, is money. You know, no matter what you're talking about. And for the female to be ignored in the automotive industry is a financial disaster for that dealership. Because uh, we're there. We're powerful. We know a lot. We're into details. We're, you know, we're, we're very personable. And uh, we really take our jobs, well, very seriously. Well, the thing is, too, that... You know, many years ago, like in the 60s and 70s, a lot more women were were married. Now there's a lot of us, including myself, that are single, divorced, widowed. We don't have a husband or boyfriend to fall back on to help us buy a car. So we have to stand on our own two feet. And that's what makes this show so great because Earl Stewart on Cars and you guys make it easier for us to stand on our own two feet and say, hey, this is what I'm paying. I'm not paying that, I'm not paying that, no deal. And you have the power to pick up your keys and walk away if you don't like what you're hearing. Yeah. And I'm hearing from uh, I'm hearing from uh, more women that are going straight to the internet and uh they just have this this uh I'm on the phone with them and I can feel the energy through the phone of the power that they feel that they have and they control. There they are sitting in their home on the internet. These uh, they're in touch with the you know the whatever dealership that they're dealing with and they they don't know whether it's a man 
or it's a woman. So she really has an advantage. So there's a whole lot going on right now that uh, is geared in our direction and uh, putting us in a very powerful place. Well, okay, I'm team. hoping that this dealership in uh, Hanover, Massachusetts, Planet Subaru, I'm hoping that they set the stage for a bunch of dealerships to come. That way there's a little bit more of an even playing field. Yes, I sir. mean, still a long way to go. It's still a male-dominated business, but maybe this is a sign of the tide starting to turn, and it's 2019 already, so it's more than enough time for the tide to turn, yeah. really. Thanks for bringing that article to my attention. I'll have to take a look at that. I have a recent automotive uh, news uh, on my chair as we speak, so I'll take a look. Tina, thanks so much for the call. We always appreciate you calling us on Saturday morning. Thank you, everybody. You have a fabulous weekend. Thank you. You thanks, too. Thanks, Tina. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, we're streaming all over. High Power Streaming. YouTube. YouTube is big, so we'd love to hear from you YouTube folks. And, of course, Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Roll On Cars. You got you Twitter. Got, you got Twitter. <laughs> you got Periscope. We're all over uh, cyberspace. And uh, I was amazed that the, one of the first comments we got was on our anonymous link, which is simply, if you want to speak to us, want to remain anonymous for whatever reason. Some people just, you know, like privacy. Anonymity can be a good thing. So youranonymousfeedback.com, www.youranonymousfeedback.com feedback.com uh, you can tell us what you had to say we will never be able to find out who you are no matter what never i think we have a text we do uh, this comes in from phil uh, the question is uh good morning earl what are your thoughts recommendations on the toyota chr i'm gonna bounce that back to my son because he's more familiar with the uh, products than i am <laughs> And I might flip it over to Rick. He can address it from a, me a mechanical <laughs> standpoint. Uh, well, the CHR is a um, what they call a crossover. It's a uh, interesting-looking vehicle. It looks like uh, something out of the future. It's somewhere between a Corolla, which is a like a compact uh, coupe. I mean, a compact sedan and a midsize or a small SUV. Um, it's small. It gets good good gas mileage and. Uh, it's getting pretty good reviews, but it's only been around for about a year or so. So, uh, uh, no complaints yet. Uh, Rick, have you heard, seen uh, seen anything unusual about these vehicles? It's um, it's a bit of a turkey. Oh boy, a turkey! I'm just doing a play on words. There, they're actually built in Turkey. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's <laughs> just right. one of the funny things about true. them. But no, they they're they're an interesting car because of the the angular appearance to it, it the, yeah. the design of them I, I didn't even know that so our chrs are imported from, from turkey. turkey that yep. is correct that is, that is the most astonishing thing i've heard globalization and I'm, at its yeah, finest. and i'm a toyota dealer <laughs> it's it's the modern world there we're getting them for it's coming from everywhere now we are we are quickly moving a little at a time but it is we are moving towards a global society now but they're, the design on them is just such a uh, – it's so slightly different from everything. It's just yeah. that, that angular appearance, like where the door handle is on the rear door is way up high there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very interesting-looking vehicle. I was a little bit surprised. Mm -hmm. I have two teenage <coughs> kids, and uh, you know they're getting to the age where cars are um, a little bit more important. 
Uh, neither one of them were very excited by the design. I thought they would be. Yeah. And from a sales standpoint, I'm seeing you know people older you know adults <laughs> behind these cars. I don't see a whole lot of kids with them. Well, they they do seem to have a bit of extra headroom and legroom in the back for the adults. A little bit more, yeah. but really mechanically wise, well, they're a Toyota. Yeah. They just don't break very often. So we really don't see a lot of them in the shop right now, except for just basic maintenance. Yeah, they've been out so, that long. So the aerodynamics of the car is much different because of the angular. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it is. It's it's a decent design aerodynamically, so it does get good fuel economy, but it's just. Um, Let's just say the lookout is is a little bit surprising when you see it. It's not quite as in your face shocking as like the old Pontiac Aztec, which, I mean, let's be honest, that one I believe was voted as one of the <laughs> ugliest vehicles ever produced in the United States. Was Didn't the that Pontiac become Aztec. famous again when it was featured in Breaking Bad? It was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, what was it? Was amazing, but um. It, it beat out the Edsel for simply being the ugliest car most <laughs> recognizable <laughs> ugly car out there. What were you asking, Nancy? Uh, I was going to ask, what was the opinion, uh, in, you know, of your oldest teenager whenever you oh, presented that car? And I mean, it wasn't bad. It was more like, yeah. hey, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, when I first saw it, I thought, that is cool looking. But, you know, I'm an old fart, so what do I know? <laughs> I just, uh, I just uh, Googled uh, Consumer Reports and CHR. And here's, a, here's what Consumer Reports has to say. Toyota finally has an option for consumers shopping for a tiny SUV. So uh, the key word there is tiny. It's a tiny, yeah. smallest SUV you can buy. Uh, we rented a pre-production version from Toyota to get an early look at the CHR before we buy our own next month. So they haven't done an opinion of the cool CHR. Mm -hmm. uh, next month, the next issue of Consumer Reports will have a CHR evaluation. Yeah. And whoever sent us a text, if I were you, I'd wait till the Consumer Reports came out yeah. before I bought one. Yes, absolutely. Always the way to go. 877-960-9960. Yep. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. One of the reasons that we think we've got a really neat show uh, is because we're different. Everybody says they're different, but we can prove we're different because we do a mystery shopping report every week. It'll be coming up at the end of the show. And uh, we visit a car dealership somewhere in South Florida. This happened to be in North Florida. Uh, we're really reaching out uh, to all areas of the state to pretend to buy or lease a car. And we go in there undercover and then we report exactly what happened. We talk about prices. We talk about recalls. We ask if the car is safe. Uh, we ask all the questions that an informed consumer should ask. And we tell you what the answers were. Sometimes we don't get the truth. Sometimes we do. Uh, we really get some interesting, even comical experiences. And we report it back to you on this show with no Expurgation. Is that a word, Stu? Expurgated? Expurgation? That is a word, but I can't be sure if you're using it correctly. Yeah, we don't censor it. We don't censor it. We, uh, we tell is. you exactly how, and we say the name of the dealership. We tell you the name of the dealer, the salesperson, the managers, and the only thing we conceal is the name of Agent X, who is our undercover agent, for fear of his life. And we've been doing this, as I say, for 13 years, so... Uh, we have terrorized a lot of car dealerships in Florida. So if for no other reason, 
you should stay tuned to this show. Nobody else does that. We wonder often why we haven't been sued. Libel, slander, the answer is, if you tell the truth, you can't be sued. Well, you can be sued, but you cannot win a lawsuit for libel or slander if you tell the truth. Rick? Uh, one one note, though, we have found a few car dealers that should be extremely happy that we mystery shopped them because, in all fairness, they did one bang-up job. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the What was the little one up there in Fort Pierce, the Wallace that was used car e- lot? Easy Pay. Or, uh, easy Pay? Easy Pay. Easy Pay. I mean, that was impressive. Yeah. We also do favors to dealers who might not know what their staff is doing. I mean, a lot of dealers are kind of absentee, and they don't know what their salespeople, what their managers are doing with mm-hmm. their customers. So oh, we're helping them out. A so whole lot of exposure. Uh, we're going to. We're going to go to Rod, who's calling from Lake Park. Good morning, Rod. Good morning, everybody, and uh, uh, Happy New Year. Welcome back on your trip. Thanks. Hopefully, Thanks. Earl, you got some pictures of the old Pontiacs and stuff like that. I did. I got um, a, our, our tour car was a 1953 Ford, so we have some great pictures. Ooh. Okay. Um, I wanted to know, uh, just out of curiosity, do you all know a uh, lady by the name of Aerie? Airy, is that like A I R E? Yes. I no, I can't think of that. Uh, who who is Airy? Um, she says that uh, at one time she used to help take care of uh, y- of uh, y'all's children. Huh. Wow. <laughs> um, Stu, do you remember Airy? Because he's my child. I'm scratching my head, but I'm you know I'm suffering uh, from memory <laughs> loss these days. I don't okay. Know. I'd love I'd love to get her I'd love to get her contact information, Ron. Uh, it would really be cool to uh, talk to somebody that took care of our kids. Uh, if you can get that information, or just tell her to contact me directly, she can call me uh, uh, anytime. Uh, uh, call me on the show, or I'll give you my cell phone number. Yeah. Rod, she's not thinking of writing a book, is she? <laughs> no, no, she uh, she's. Uh, she just, uh, you know, she had the honor of doing that, and and uh, I've known her, known her for a long time. Her, uh, her sort of uh, live-in boyfriend. I've I've known him for, geez, millennia. Well, tell tell her to call me. I'd love to have a chat with her and reminisce. That would really be fun. Uh, and I apologize for not remembering her name, but uh, we've had we had more than one babysitter i think from time to time yeah yeah and so uh but yeah. I'd, I'd sure love to chit chat with her uh, thanks very much for telling yeah, her me. actual her actual name is alzada i spell that um a-l-z-e-d-a okay but uh with 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 uh with with her her babysitting and such she uh she went by airy so I got you i'll ask very awesome. educated uh very educated black lady she, she's very smart well, that's wonderful. I can't wait to talk to her. So please tell her, give me a call. Yeah. The uh, by the way, you're um, for about oh fifteen minutes now. Your Facebook streaming Comcast failed you again. Oh boy, I didn't know that. Thanks for the heads up, Ron. Uh, uh, Jonathan in the control room there. Uh, we're live. Yeah, we lost it. So no, I don't know what's going. No, no, on. we're live. Oh, we're live. Yeah, we are live. Uh, maybe, hopefully, it's just a. Isolated thing. Little glitch. 
Yeah, could be a glitch uh, on your uh, <clears throat> uh, smartphone or uh, computer, Rod. But uh, according to our end of the thing, we are streaming. Yeah. We're sending. We're not sure we're receiving. I guess that's the way the way we should. Uh, I'll try. It. I'll try back with it again. All right. Well, All right. Enjoy the show, and um, you know, welcome back. Okay. Be sure to have Eric call me now. Okay. I'll uh, I'll just get it. I'll just get it through uh, through the. Through uh, through your 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 work uh, work line there. Yeah, perfect. Thanks so much. Thanks, Rod. Have, have a, a good great, one, Rod. Have a great weekend. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And remember, we have the mystery shopping report coming up from Mullinex Ford, and it's going to be a doozy. Well, let me. Uh, we uh, have uh, Michael who is on the line. And he's calling from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Michael. Hey, guys. This is Michael Pursued from West Palm Beach, Florida. How are you? Oh, hey, Michael. Hey. Michael. Hi, Michael. Good, man. Just listening this morning, and uh, good job. The show sounds great. I actually had a question today for you guys. Great. Uh, how do you think the car world, I mean, do you think, uh, you know, all this new stuff with Amazon and how you guys are adjusting to the Amazon world, is that a is that a huge benefit for the car dealership and are you seeing other dealerships you know trying to copy suit now michael it can be interestingly enough the auto retailing is one of the few retailers that you can look at it either way the uh, auto dealers look at it as if they're protected uh in a unique way and i'll explain in just a second but uh by uh, Amazon is one product that Amazon is prohibited by law from selling uh, is our automobiles. Automobiles are protected by state franchise laws. And uh, that's, a, that's a long story. I could do a whole show on how that happened. But in every state, all 50 states, car dealers have a protected, they're a protected species. And nobody can sell a car except another a car dealer. Even the manufacturer cannot sell a car. And the manufacturer determines who the dealers will be. So if uh, Michael, you decide you want to be a car dealer, you can't sell new cars. You can sell used cars all you want. But if you want to sell new cars, say you want to sell new Hondas, you've got to go to the Honda manufacturer and ask them to give you a new franchise to sell cars, mm. a contract. And that's step one. But you still have to find a place that you can sell them. So you have to find an address if you live in Florida, you have to say, I want to sell them from this address. The Honda dealers who are already there have to say it's okay with them that you become a Honda dealer. So it's almost impossible for someone to say, even Amazon, hey, I think I'd like to sell cars. Because the manufacturer has to say yes, and the dealers have to say yes, and this is all by state law. Now, with that said... Ah. A lot of people can emulate Amazon. You can do online car buying. But if you do online car buying, it will ultimately be from a car dealer, not from Amazon. Okay, cool. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it'll change, and uh, eventually time will change, and the, uh, the, the consumer will demand that the laws be changed. But you're looking, you know, 20 years in the future or, or even further. So... Uh, it's it's bad for the consumer, by the way, because if Amazon could sell cars, they could they could buy them with a lot less hassle and haggle for a much better price. But the law is protecting the car dealers. Wow, that's pretty good to know. Well, thanks for the call, Michael. 
Cool, guys. You guys have a great day. Stu, you the man. All right. You too, Michael. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Keep listening. <laughs> We're going to go straight to Howard. He's calling, and uh, he is a regular caller from Jupiter. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. Uh, how's everything to you guys this morning? Hey, Howard. Everything good? Yeah. Great. Good. Glad to hear that. Uh, okay, here's what uh, <clears throat> I read in the Palm Beach Post today. Uh, you remember the guys click and clack? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Car talk? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Oh, one of the guys that passed away, but the, uh, I think the older brother is still doing the uh, uh, commenting on you know on the, on the car problems. Yes. Uh, he um, he just mentioned uh, uh, the metal uh, shield that goes underneath that protects the car that, that protects the catalytic converter, mm-hmm. um, and he said that uh, uh, if, if if you don't have it. It could set the, uh, the grass underneath where you uh, park on fire, and it could also uh, do actually uh, cause a fire inside the car, which I don't understand how it could cause a fire inside the car. I can understand how it could set the grass underneath uh, your car on fire. And uh, they said that uh, it's not a big deal, but uh, it should be replaced, and it's not that expensive. It's like $200 or something uh, fix. Uh, What are your thoughts about that? I think Rick has an answer for you, Howard. As a matter of fact, Howard, uh, pulling it right from the newspaper's headlines, uh, this happened several years ago. A couple was out in the acreage area, the acreage Loxahatchee area, and they had pulled their car off the side of the road. I'm thinking they were trying to turn around, but the car got stuck in the loose sand and it basically buried it right to the bottom of the car when they were trying to get, you know, move this car. The heat from the catalytic converter, insulated by that sand, actually built up and set the interior of the car on fire. It literally created like an oven effect, and it caught the car on fire. And the people, I believe, were injured at the very least before they realized what was going on. And this car suddenly just started burning inside. But yes, catalytic converters have heat shields around them that are meant to flow air through and help dissipate a little bit of the heat. But unfortunately, in order for them to operate, they have to run at a high temperature anyways. They're generally operating at over 500 degrees Fahrenheit. So when those heat shields, if they get damaged, they really do need to be replaced or repaired to make sure that they're operating the way they should be. So now, when you say repaired, how do you repair a heat shield? Well, if, if it's simply that it has gotten loose a little bit where the crimps are, I've actually been had good success with using pliers just to straighten the metal back in place and recrimp it. Or, in the case of a heat shield where the, the screws that hold it to the body of the car have broken loose, we simply use a large fender washer and put it back together. And it's it's actually a better repair than a new heat shield because you've got a little larger metal piece holding it in place. Those heat shields are just light aluminum for the most part. Another case, can you actually fashion a heat shield without uh, having the, to get the part from Toyota? No, it's if it's really damaged to the point that it needs to be replaced, it's best to go through the manufacturer and get the proper one for the car. Okay, gotcha. Okay, very good. Thanks for the information. Thanks for the call, Howard. It's great to hear Have from you, day. Howard. <clears throat> Excuse you. me. I hope Bye. your friend's doing well. 
877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. Rick has a comment. Uh, one other quick note on, of course, it it seems to be my, my little uh, windmill that I tilt at continuously here. Toyota just recently announced 1.3 million more cars worldwide have been added to the list of Takata airbag recalls. Yep. Yeah. This just came out in the last week or so. On the 10th. <clears throat> and it's, I mean, folks, th- these are cars as new as 2016 mm-hmm. that unfortunately, because of the way this Takata situation came out, they had no option except to keep putting in these airbags that eventually will degrade. But it gave them a little bit of leeway to get others up to this uh, stuff of manufacturing the more, the newer ones that will not have this issue. So even if you're driving a relatively new vehicle, only two to three years old, please go to www.safercar.gov and check your VIN number to see if your car is under any and all safety recalls. Get it checked and get it repaired. Mm-hmm. It costs you nothing except a little bit of time. And if it's something that's going to take some time and they need to get parts for it, they'll even get you a car. It, and it costs you nothing. Yes. Right. But please get this ta- just for your own safety and that of your friends and family riding in the car. Please get this done. And what is that website, Rick? www.safercar.gov. Okay, that's a great segue into our next uh, question from a texter. This is Anne Marie, who says, Good morning. I see there is a new recall for Lexus and Toyota models due to their airbags. I was wondering um, if the dealers have the parts to fix these vehicles. Please let me encourage the driving public to go to safercar.gov to see if your vehicle has been recalled. If it has, please take it to the dealer to get it fixed. It is free, and it could save your life. Thank you, Mother Hen. And to answer her, yes, all the Toyotas um, that were added to the list, um, they already have remedy parts and remedies yep. available. So the notices are going out, and like Rick says, it's a it's a free fix. Um, but please uh, open your mail, <laughs> check your email. Yeah. Yeah, the, the interesting thing to this, unlike other recalls, when uh, Toyota built those cars, I hate to say this, they knew these were defective uh, no. oh, yeah. airbags. Uh, Ford knew it. Uh, Honda knows it. The manufacturers are building cars now and they are putting defective Takata airbag inflators in there. We, we can't speak for Toyota. Toyota's not putting any Toyota's not. Yet. Toyota's mm-hmm. not, but uh, I believe others are. Yes. And for a while, Toyota was. So uh, because of the lack of replacement inflators, the manufacturers don't stop production. They mm-hmm. should, but they don't. And they keep building the cars. And then after a couple of years, they have some sort of a calendar that says, this airbag, we should tell people that it's defective. Uh, and, of course, there's a time uh, time factor. There's a there's an hourglass as that inflator gets older and as the, the warmth and the humidity work on it, tick-tock, tick-tock. Worse and worse. Suddenly it's going to be going off. It's a time bomb. And when the time bomb hits that, you know, that red spot on the dial, the thing explodes. So uh, this is going to go down in history. One day we will look back on this and say this was the most egregious, terrible uh, thing on the consumers of automobiles, buyers of automobiles that ever happened. Yep. It is a conspiracy 
by the manufacturers, by the car dealers, by the legislators, and the regulators. This thing is so huge, you've heard the term, too big to fail. The automotive economy is too big to fail. And the regulators are looking at it that way, and the dealers and the manufacturers are looking at it that way. Because if somebody said, stop selling cars with defective to cut airbags, mm. it is against the law, the economy would crash. Yeah. And so we were sacrificing lives for the economy. Yep. Great information, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Jerry, who's a first-time caller from Jupiter. Welcome to the show, Jerry. You won yourself $50. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and you can stay on. I've been listening to your show for some time now. Oh, thank you. Stay um, on the line and uh, give your information. I have a problem of my own. (laughs) (laughs) What can we help you with, Jerry? I have a 2013 um, Lexus ES350. Um, I'm sorry, it's a 2011. I didn't mean 2013. It's 2011. I love the car. Uh, we've had several Lexuses. I went through the horrible Takata airbag problem. It took me a year to get that completed, but it is done. But uh, uh, my problem now is... I have the locking system is not working. I it's working properly on the driver's side. All of a sudden, at the same time, all three locks on the passenger side and the two back seat sides do not respond to uh, anything uh, that is not manual. In other words, I can reach around to the back seat, seat flip the switch and you can open the door, or I, and the same with the other three doors, but I can't use the master switch to unlock inside the car or either one of my <clears throat> key fob automatic unlocks uh, system. Do, do they work sometimes, and then just suddenly they stop, go, stop nope. operating? It, it, it was working perfectly, then all of a sudden it did not work. And all, all three of them quit? Yeah, all three of them quit exactly at the same time. Now I've I've taken it. I've had it, you know, evaluated, and 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 actually I took it to the Toyota dealership because I generally got very good service there, and it's closer to my home. And anyway, and, and to repair it, they're telling me it's like a close to a two thousand dollar job. Wow. And yes, well, I'm, I'm and guessing I, and I'm, the, a, I'm on a on a limited income, and you know you you take good care of a car. It's had you know we've owned it since it's day one, bought it first through a lease, and then bought the lease out because we like the car so much. And then to have this happen, to have this big expense, and it doesn't make sense to me that all three would go out at the same time and say I had to replace the uh, activators in each door plus right. the whole latch system. Jerry, how many miles on the car? 58,000. Low mileage. Yep. What I would recommend is I would contact Lexus directly, the the Lexus uh, experience number, their 800 number. Um, I know that's available online, but also the dealer would be able to give it to you. And I would go with polite persistence. Yeah, I've, be nice. I've got a case. But, I've got a case number from Lexus. Um, 
I I feel like it's not going to end well. Be just be, you know, it's out of warranty. It's this and that. But right. I went online because not only am I having problems, but it seems like it's a very common problem. And this is on vehicles from 2000. I think it was either six or seven, all the way up through 2017. The exact same thing happened on not only the ES350s, but also some of the higher-end cars, the 400 series, and also the RXs. So Believe it, it or be not. it's a big systemic problem that they don't want to admit to. And uh, I don't feel I should bear a $2,000 fix. Now, the other thing is, is um, I went to a regular mechanic, called. I didn't take it there and explained all this to him. And he said, um, well, he went on something he was going on online, I guess, that they, the mechanics use uh, on this. And he said there was a fix there that said that if you took, disconnected the battery totally uh, and put the negative and the positive uh, connections together, held them together for 30 seconds, it would reset it. Now, that made sense to me because it sounded more to me like it was a computer reset problem than it would be mechanical because of the fact that everything happened all at one time, exactly. You know, not one at a time, not even one time. It was everything at one time. I'm afraid to do that because... Uh, there wasn't anything that said whether or not it affected any of all your computer settings in your car. I was afraid I'd get another mess started, if you know what I'm saying. Jerry, let me interrupt for a second here. Uh, before you try something like that, and I, and I think Rick is going to tell you that's not a good thing to try. That's, that doesn't sound like uh, science. That sounds like you don't ever want to put the negative and the positive together, and uh, that's really bad. Um uh, I, here's what I do. May I ask where you bought or leased your Lexus? What, um, what dealership? Actually, actually, it was up in in New Jersey at the time. New Jersey. But it, yeah, and but it's been through, um, you know, uh, Tennessee, uh, Vermont, now in Florida. <laughs> what Lexus dealer have you dealt with down here? I've done both with, actually, I've done uh, the one in up in Port St. Lucie plus West Palm Beach, and then I've been just doing my maintenance work uh, with uh, Toyota there in uh, Stewart. The reason I ask is, uh, here's an approach that's worked for me with Toyota, with my Toyota dealership, and the dealer, if he is persuasive and he's on your side and will work with Lexus, uh, can often get goodwill taken care of that uh, normally won't be taken care of. So I would try to talk to the nearest Lexus dealer, Palm Beach Lexus. I would try to get to talk to the general manager of Palm Beach Lexus. And I would, uh, what I do, the offer that I make Toyota that they find hard to refuse, is I say, I'm going to repair this car for this customer, and I will do it for what I pay my technician out of my pocket, and for what I pay Toyota out of my pocket, would I pay them for the part? Would I pay my mechanic for the labor? My dead cost, which will be about half of what that $2,000 is. And I'll do it with no profit to me if you will goodwill and take care of the other half. Uh, 
when you when the dealer will be willing to make a sacrifice on your behalf, oftentimes, at least with Toyota, and I think Lexus would be the same way, you might find out that Lexus will goodwill that. They don't want to goodwill $2,000, but they might want to goodwill half of that, which is what it would cost them if the dealer truly did it for his absolute dead cost. Give that a try, uh, Jerry, and then uh, if that doesn't work, call me back and we'll go to plan B. But I, I hate to see you have to pay $2,000 for that repair. Lexus is supposed to be the best car made in America. It's uh, number oh, one. Oh, I know, and, and yeah. it gets all these consumer report right, write-ups yeah. also, and I'm probably going to uh, mention to them that, that it seems to be systematic, all these things I've found yeah. online about the same thing and why why it's not been mentioned that I saw. Mm -hmm. Well, in actuality, Jerry, it's not just the Lexus. The Toyota models have the same issue as well. There's There are a lot of Toyotas, and we replace reason, a lot of door lock actuators. They, they even told me that the whole latch assembly has been changed from the original because it, it was a problem. Now, that's where I got into the mindset of, why should this be my problem, even if it's half of that price? Jerry, you're right, and Lexus is wrong. You tell the general manager of Palm Beach Lexus that Earl Stewart told you that he should ask that you offer Lexus, meaning the general manager of Palm Beach Lexus, offer Lexus the manufacturer to do your repair at his dead cost. And that'll be about $1,000 if they quoted you $2,000. And... You will then ask Lexus, the manufacturer, to goodwill it for 1000 That way it would be zero out-of-pocket for you. Especially so, since it's a safety issue. A safety issue, exactly. I mean, it is a safety issue. Yeah, be sure to use that word, safety. It is a safety issue. So please uh, give that a try, and then call me back. Call me on the show, or just call me directly, and let me know how you did, and I'll give you some uh, more advice if need be. But I have a, a hopeful feeling that might work. You. I, I did call uh, the the, uh, the people, the Lexus dealership in Port St. Lucie, because I had had such good luck with them, too. I think you'll have it's better luck with Palm Beach. miles away one way. I think you'll have and, better uh, yeah. Go with Palm Beach Lexus. And uh, okay. they know me, and they know uh, that's the right thing to do, and they just might uh, do it for you. So call me back and let me know how it worked. I appreciate the call very much. I'm sorry they're giving you the runaround. That's what it is. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Jerry. Stay in touch. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I have a text. I think you have some by the look in your eyes. Uh, Reading my uh, mind again. <laughs> I have one, and it's from Brianna, and she wants to know, and we've been asked this question before, is paying cash for your car the best way to go? No. Next question. Okay. <laughs> uh, Stu? Uh, Sorry, Brianna. I'll give you a call and Brianna, we'll discuss no, it. Brianna, the, way it's, the reason it's not the best way is because car dealers make more money when they finance your car than when they sell you the car. And when you know that you're, I'm a car dealer, and you come in, you say, I'm going to pay cash, you tell me you're going to pay cash, I know that all my profit is going to be made when I sell you that car because I'm not going to have a second shot at you to finance it. Uh, oftentimes, when they think they're going to have your financing, they will negotiate a lower price mm -hmm. for the car with a hope that they can make even more than that when they finance it. So never disclose up front 
that you're a cash buyer. Leave that for after they have you've agreed on a price. Yeah, that's part of the whole arsenal. You got the dealer fee, you got the finance. They'll be well, willing to advertise and sell the car even below cost, knowing that they're going to make it all up when you get exactly. into the box. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'll name a name here. We got offlease.com. Mm-hmm. Offlease.com sells cars at very low prices. You can't buy a used car for less money than offlease.com, but you can't pay more in the finance department than you do at offlease.com. So you'll pay a thousand dollar profit to offlease for the car you bought, and then you'll pay them another five thousand when they finance the car. So. Don't be a cash buyer in the eyes of the person that you're buying the car from, mm-hmm. or I should say the dealer. Yeah, and uh, Brianna, to your second part of your question, you know, it's it's not really important for you to discuss how much you want to pay for your car every month. That is off the table and should not be discussed. There's more important things to discuss. If you'd like to give me a call after the show, I can talk to you. That's very 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. John's calling us from Palm City. He's a regular caller. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Hey, John. I just want to talk about an item that affected uh, record holiday traveling affects people that want to buy a new car, and um, it's not mentioned much on the news, but we are at record low with the price of gasoline. Yes. And people are wondering when they travel around, why is there such a difference? Well, let's start off with the state sales tax on gasoline. Mm-hmm. People don't even know what they pay. In Florida, per gallon, it's 41.6 per gallon. That's state gasoline tax. Now, it's affected with the 67 counties because some of the counties have their own tax on top of that. But people don't realize how low when they travel. I mean, in South Carolina, Georgia, 31.6. Um, California, forget it. They're one of the highest, 53.5. And one of the lowest is Arizona and Texas. There's nine states now that are below $2 a gallon. Uh, 35 cents or more, there's 14 states. Uh, below 25 cents, there's like 18 states. So it's a tremendous effect on what we pay at the pump. Sure. And it's state gasoline tax that's involved. And people that live, we live in Florida, we have no idea that we're paying 41.6 just state tax on the gasoline. Good information. So I just want to bring that out. What's the federal tax, John? I don't know what the federal is. But I'm just going by a chart that I saw on, uh, you know, state tax. Now, maybe that includes the federal. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I didn't, you know, look that up. You probably could get it on a computer. But, I mean, you get it like Pennsylvania. That's that's the highest I saw. 58.7 per gallon state gasoline tax. The area is like 23 cents. New Jersey really just raised it. They were one of the lowest at 37.1 cents. New York is 44.3. Yeah, so it affects us when we've been traveling, especially around, you know, for the holidays. People wonder why there's such a variance. But the, uh, Texas is uh, 20 cents a gallon, and now they're below $2 in Texas on the pump. Yeah, Stu just Googled it. It's 18.4 cents federal tax, and uh, it was just uh, last raised in 1993. A long time. It's not indexed with inflation. You you add the 18 to the 46, and uh, you're talking uh, 41. You're talking a lot of tax. You're absolutely right, John. Very good information. Well, I just want to mention it also. um, 
to mention Earl and I, our favorite car, uh, today it starts uh, an auction in Arizona. Uh, there's going to be seven of them this month. Barrett-Jackson collector car auction, and they're going to, I'm not sure if it's today or tomorrow, a 68 Pontyville, Pontiac convertible factory uh, bucket seats and fuel injection hmm. is going to be offered. Wow. And these are the cars to buy for people, especially there's no reserve on it. And uh, rather than go through a restoration, these cars are fully restored, and uh, somebody can pick them up for decent prices because of the fact that there's no reserve on some of these. Incidentally, this month alone, this is the month for collector car auctions, there's seven major companies that are going to sell thousands of cars, just some of them are gooding, Silver Auctions, Russo and Steel, R&M, um, Sotheby's, and some fantastic cars. So it's on the uh, motor trend, used to be called the Velocity Channel. If people are interested, just following it's very interesting to see some of the uh, action and some of the numbers that go through. John, is that so Bonneville? I thought I'd bring that out, but this car, 68 Bonneville, uh, lights up a light for Earl and I both together. Yeah. I mean, this is a red car. It sounds fantastic. And it'd be interesting to see what it sells for. Yeah. The first uh, Bonneville uh, fuel injection was 1957, so I thought maybe it was a 58, but it's a 68. That's interesting. 68. Yeah, 68. That would have been the first car you ever sold, possibly. It could have been my, the first car. So, uh, <clears throat> I drove one. Uh, my father had one. Uh, he was a Pontiac dealer, and uh, they, were, they were like a rocket ship back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and people don't realize that cars in those days... Like Chrysler with uh, 57 two four-barrel carburetors on it. Mm -hmm. uh, even a, like a 60 Cadillac Eldorado had 58, had three twos. These are standard from the factory. Yeah. And a 60 had uh, three two-barrel carburetors on it. Many of the cars factory were dual uh, compound carburation. Yeah, so ten, it's, ten miles then, per gallon. I mean, it's it ridiculous with the cubic inches. 70 Cadillac came out with an Eldorado with a 500 cubic inch engine. And boy, was that thing a gas burner. You could watch the needle oh. move on the gas gauge. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But gas naturally was it looked a lot like the second in those days truck. than today. But we're getting there. We're getting, you know, uh, we're getting good prices finally instead of this 3 and 350 a gallon that it was getting up to. And then people weren't buying uh, like SUVs and uh, some trucks, heavy duty trucks. Uh, that were burning, you know, gasoline engines with a lot of uh, bad gas mileage. But it's different. And today, cars like uh, Fiat that came out thought that they had a, a windfall when the gas was $3 and above. And, boy, I'll tell you, I don't see a Fiat anywhere, a new one on the road, even in a rental. That's because they all broke. They're all <laughs> they're all off the road. Fiat's about the worst car on the road, I'm telling you. And I'm speaking from personal experience. They were the worst when I was a Fiat dealer many years ago, and they haven't improved in quality today. They're terrible cars. Yeah. Well, in those days, you remember Fiat. Fix it again, Tony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, was... I'm looking forward to the uh, re shopping report. Right. Thank you, John. It's a good one. Thanks, John. Yeah, the one thing I've always wondered with gas prices, you see one station right now at $2.10 a gallon, mm -hmm. and a mile away is another station, $2.60 a gallon. Yeah, yeah. And it, it a mile away, and it's like you wonder how some it's of these an stations impulse, can it's stay an in business. Out of you. Look those out, prices. Oh, God, I'm running out of gas. 
and you go yeah. for the nearest uh, gas yep. station. So it's it's true, and you can count on the if you're near 95 or the Turnpike or any major oh, thoroughfares, yeah. you can count on high prices. And if you go sure. to the backwoods somewhere, you go six blocks away from activity where there's not much car traffic, then the the gas prices are lower. Yep. Or you go online. What's what's the app that tells you where the lowest gas prices are? There. Bunch yeah, of uh, gas buddy is that yeah. what it was? Yeah, gas buddy. there's a ton of them. Gas if you buddy. want, if you want to, you can buy gas cheap. Uh, you can you can buy gas cheap, typically thirty cents a gallon less than you normally pay if you want to go out of your way to find yeah. the gas station. That's yeah. all. There's certain ways you can do it. Yeah. Uh, 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, you can vote on the Mystery Shopping Report when it comes up. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Got some text, don't we, Stu? Yes, we do. Uh, w- the first one is on our Facebook Live video. It's from Mark. Mark says, I have a 2018 Toyota Tacoma. I heard there is a recall on them for a faulty master cylinder. When are notices coming out, and when will a fix become available? I'm looking at you, Rick. Searching Mr. right now. Mr. Tacoma driver and technician extraordinaire. Well, mine's a 13, so it's not it's not covered under that uh, recall, but I'm pulling that up right now for the Tacoma recall. I'll tell you what, well, Rick's looking for that. Um, I'll move on to the, the next text that we have. And this is from, who's this from? Ah, Robert in Fort Pierce. He says, if I'm taking over someone else's lease payments, who's on the hook for the lease mileage restriction? Robert in Fort Pierce. Well, you are because you have to have the permission of the lessor. So you are the person responsible for the entire contract. You can't take over a person's lease payment without the permission of the lessor. He wants to be sure you got the money to make the lease payments. And, uh... He's, uh, you're, you're ob- obligated to return the car. Yeah. So when you do these, like, uh, swap a lease, the services where you can um, get into an agreement with someone who has a lease contract and they just don't want to drive the car for whatever reason, um, that's a secondary agreement. But that f- the first person who, who leased the car still has a contract with the um, leasing company. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So technically you are because you are agreeing to do it when you take over the lease. Um, if you didn't do it, the person who originally leased the car uh, can still get in trouble for over mileage. But you're still responsible for the mileage overage. You're responsible for all the costs of the lease. Yes, when you do the agreement with like a swap lease thing. Yeah. Um, if you did something informal, say you drove a relative's car and you took over for them, <coughs> obviously they're going to be responsible for it. Yeah. I don't know how the... Um, the leasing company, the bank, feels about these swap lease things. They probably don't like it. It's like a sublet. Um, but well, they don't care because yeah. they really, uh, I, I think the answer is that once the swap lease makes the deal, then the paperwork goes to the leasing company. They own the car. Swap lease is a third party. Yeah. i got to uh, check that out because yeah. I'm not sure. If I, I, I'm not sure, um, but we'll look into it, um, well, Robert. That sounds complicated. It well, is. Third, yeah. A third party. I'm, I I think of myself now as I'm Honda leasing. I buy a car. And I own the car. And I go to Rick Kearney and I lease him that Honda. He owes me 36 payments for $395 a month. Now, Rick decides he doesn't like that. So he goes to some company called Swap a Lease, signs a bunch of papers, and next thing you know, Nancy's driving the car. Rick is not off the hook. 
The contract right. is between me and Rick, meaning Honda Leasing. Nancy, if she makes the payments, that's wonderful. But if she doesn't make the payments, I'm coming after Rick, yeah. not Nancy. Nancy's going to have to go after Rick. Yeah, that was the point I was trying trying to make. Yeah. The other I thing, they don't like it because when they did the contract with the original uh, lessor, uh, they checked out this credit, they made an approval, and the third party, or the, 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 the second person, they don't know anything about this uh, about them. So do not take over the lease payments until you know that the leasing company has approved you and then you are totally responsible. Rick, did you find out the diploma? Yep. Uh, that is campaign J is in Juliet 06, and it is on 2018 to 2019 Tacomas. There are nationwide about 44,000 vehicles involved. And we are replacing the master cylinder, the brake master cylinder. The parts are available, and they are at dealerships now. Um, if they if they get in big influx, it may take a day or two to get all the parts in. But it takes probably about two to two and a half hours to do that job. And so, yeah, if you if your vehicle's under that recall, just contact your dealer, set up an appointment. And get in there as soon as possible to get that master cylinder replaced. And here's some general advice for all folks that get recall notices. When you call the dealership, be sure that they have the part for the recall, if parts are involved. And then make an appointment and tell the person you're talking to that you want that part reserved for you when you come in. Yep. You want to drive 40 miles, come into the dealership, drive in the service drive, and the service advisor says, I'm sorry, we don't have that part. And that happens way too frequently. And with recalls, oftentimes the parts are in scarce supply. And they don't have enough parts when the recall notice is issued. And if too many people go in, there are going to be a lot of people finding out that they got to go home again and then come back again. Don't let that happen to you. However, if you're concerned, and obviously this would be a safety concern to me, the brake master cylinder, you could lose your brakes. If you do not feel comfortable driving your vehicle, take it to the dealership, either drive it there or have it towed there. Contact the dealer and ask them to please tow your vehicle to the dealership and tell them, I don't feel comfortable driving this vehicle. They will put you in a rental car and cover it until your vehicle is repaired. If it is a safety item, they will right. do that. Right. That is a safety issue. And, of course, if they have parts available, they'll simply get it taken care of right then and there, and problem is solved. Exactly. How are we doing okay. on text? Huh? we got a couple more. So we have Anne Marie texted us and says, State and county gasoline taxes help pay to maintain the roads. I'll settle for higher gas ta taxes if I don't encounter potholes that will kill my car. Mm. Well, that's a matter of uh, personal choice. Uh, another argument to be made for gas taxes is the fact that uh, we are fossil fuel dependent. Uh, we burn a huge amount of oil and gas, and it goes into the atmosphere and creates problems. So the higher the gas taxes, uh, the more likely the pressure is on alternative sources of energy. And this is what has happened in Europe. In Europe, you think we got high gas taxes, and the U.S. actually has some of the lowest gas taxes. The only place you can find lower are in Saudi Arabia and a few of the other uh, countries where they or have gasoline too much. seeps out of the ground. They have too much gasoline, <laughs> yes. So, uh, so that's a philo philosophical thing. And eventually we're going to be all electric, and this will be academic. We won't care. And, and that's a perfect lead into the next text. Okay. Which says, Earl, do you think the auto industry will go all electric, or will we keep some gasoline-powered vehicles? 
Well, uh, there'll be antique cars. I mean, uh, John from Palm City will still be buying cars at the auction that run by gas mm -hmm. uh, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. But, no, there won't be any gasoline-powered cars. There's no need for it. Uh, electrical power cars are superior in all forms except for range. And the only thing keeping electric cars from being on the road 100% now is the cost of the batteries and the range. Uh, range has almost been beat because uh, you're going to see some cars out there now that will get 400 miles on one charge. And the charging stations are becoming more and more uh, uh, common. And uh, it's just a matter of getting the battery cost down. Rick? Well, and like we say, the car came out to replace the horse and buggy. But if you look around areas, there's still horses all around. So I haven't seen one in weeks. <coughs> Rick, oh, come on out to Wellington, near where I oh, okay. live. They're, they're all over. Yeah. Or in Amish uh, communities in uh, exactly. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. another text. No, we are all caught up. Fantastic. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, remember you can vote on the Mystery Shopping Report this morning. And <clears throat> we do love getting your perspective. And you can do that by texting us at 772-497-6530. And that Mystery Shopping Report is from Mullinex Ford. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I'd like to remind you all of a common ongoing scam in the mail and by email and these 40, uh, phony warranty companies. I got one the other day, and I, I'll just hold it up. It looks pretty official, doesn't it? Scary. And the highlight is my highlight, but uh, it looks very official. I, I own a vehicle in my own name, and uh, I get these all the time. You probably do, too. And it's always the same con. They say your car's close to running out of warranty, and you have just a certain limited amount of time to call this number or email this address and send some money so we can extend your warranty. And the implication is this is the manufacturer. Implication is this is some sort of an official agency, and there's a sense of urgency, a lot of bold print, and a lot of lies. So you, if you get anything in the mail, email, or snail mail, ignore it if it has to do with extended your warranty. If you want to extend your warranty, then you can contact your dealer <clears throat> and you can even contact your manufacturer and they can refer to you to a dealer that has the manufacturer's extended warranties. A manufacturer's extended warranty is legitimate. I don't recommend them, but they're legitimate. These that you buy in the mail are usually powertrain warranties which are virtually worthless and they charge thousands of dollars for these and they're worthless they're a scam and they're a ripoff so heads up on any kind of warranty extension great information again ladies and gentlemen we'd love to hear from you vote on the mystery shopping report that's coming up 877-960-9960 or if you want to text us with that vote <coughs> excuse me 772-497-6530 and I'm going to remind you of something else. I was amazed last week when I picked up the current uh, Consumer Report, and they have an article in there on auto repair chains, who can you trust and not. And that is in the February, the current issue of Consumer Reports. I've never seen this before. Uh, one of the most difficult questions we get all the time, where should I take my car to get repaired or maintain and my stock answer has always been you can get a lower price at an independent repair chain 
uh, you can probably get a better quality repair in a dealership. And then I always talk about ASC certified and trained and getting several bids. All that's still good advice. But now we have something additional, and it's Consumer Reports February edition. And they go out and they tell you the different independent chains, and they also tell you the car dealerships that are generally better. Now, you still need to be aware that the ones they recommend is only good as the people that work there. And you can have a, a top-rated car dealership. Uh, Toyota is recommended as being one of the better ones, Honda. But if you go into a Honda dealership that don't have good people or a Toyota dealership that don't have good people, you got a problem. But go to Consumer Reports, February edition, or go online. Uh, Stuart, can you pull that up online? Because I'm trying to thumb through the pages here. And uh, the February edition, there's the auto repair chains. It might be in if you Google it under that. My, uh, my consumer report was missing this morning. Yeah. What's the name on the back of that consumer report? <laughs> okay, 877-960-9960. That's our phone number, the old-fashioned phones, 877 877- 960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And, of course, we think we're screaming on Wi-Fi. We think we're pouring out uh, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and uh, Periscope. Uh, and we'd sure like to have you post some comments on any of those st- streaming devices out there. We have a text just came through. Nope, nope. I just found the uh, Consumer Reports February edition with the car repair shop ratings. Mm-hmm. And it's a, actually, it's a great article. Like you mentioned, it has a whole bunch of advice, <coughs> similar to what we uh, dispense here on Earl on Cars. Um, and then they have a uh, whole rating of dealership uh, service departments, and they go down into the uh, into the independents. I looked at it last week. Uh, who are the top two or three dealerships? The top dealership repair shops are Lexus, is top with a 83 score, followed by Volvo in 83, and a Toyota by 82. Those okay. are the top three. Lexus, Volvo, and Toyota. Toyota. And then uh, wh- what about the independents? <clears throat> the top three are the top one with a score of 90. Um, says It just says independent retailer, followed by Jiffy Lube at 88. Oh, interesting. And I don't know if that is a... If that's a company name, it's the worst company name I ever heard in my life. But well, <laughs> it, it, probably, it must be, independent retailer. That's and, strange, right? Yeah. yeah, so then Jiffy Lube, followed by Goodyear Auto Service. You know, I, I, I make fun of Jiffy Lube, but uh, that is uh, a real plus in their column. And uh, we kind of make fun of all the quick lube places. Yeah. But the fact that Jiffy Lube is ranked by Consumer Reports, I, I mean, I really trust Consumer Reports, and I'm sure there was some extensive shopping that was done. Yeah. yeah. Rick? Well, it, it, if you have a Jiffy Lube with, I'm, I'm sure they're franchised, and the owner and manager of the of those stores says, we're going to do things legit, we're going to concentrate on what we're doing, which is simply oil changes, we're going to sell filters when they need it, and the flushes when they need it, and we're going to play by the rules and do things right, you could run an incredibly profitable business doing that, and especially as word of mouth gets around that you're playing by the rules and doing it right, people are going to come to you because, again, you can be in and out of a Jiffy Lube in 15 to 20 minutes versus a dealership that's going to be 
45 minutes to an hour for an oil change. Yeah. Uh, just to uh, round this out, let's talk about the bottom three. Um, amongst the manufacturers, the bottom three are Mini, BMW, mm. and then let me, I want you to guess the last one. Uh, Fiat. Pretty close. Jeep. Jeep. Yeah, Chrysler, Jeep, <laughs> Dodge, Ram. Yeah. And then on the independents, and this surprised me, at the very bottom, uh, well, the second from the bottom is Pep Boys. Mm. And wow. then that's followed by Mavis Discount Tire. So uh, yeah. that's a big dis- uh, big difference between Pep Boys and Jiffy Loop. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you had asked me last week or two weeks ago before I read this, I would have said that Pep Boys was above Jiffy Loop. Yeah. So Consumer Reports, I, you know, I, Can't go I really, you, you, you got to go along with them. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to go to Howard. We have a couple of calls coming in at the last minute here, and we're going to take Howard from Wellington. Good morning. What can we do for you, Howard? Good, good morning. I'd like to... If you guys can comment about the shop fees that most dealerships charge when you bring your car into service. It's like going to the doctor and getting an extra charge because you got a Band-Aid put on your wound. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's the dealer fee of the service department, and virtually every dealer does it. I do not know of a dealer that does not do it. Uh, I hate to say it, but we don't. I, I don't. I used to a long time ago, back when I was evil, uh, the shop fee is a percentage that they arbitrarily add. It can be 5%, 10%, um, and they come up with a fake name like the dealer fees do. Dealer, when you buy a car, they call it dock fees and e-filing fees and tag agency fees. When you're having car service, the shop fees are miscellaneous, hazardous waste disposal. Uh, there's a... There's a there's a dozen different names. There's no law in Florida that says you can't name it anything you want to. So my recommendation, Howard, when you go into one of these shops, and most of them will do this, virtually all, you say to the uh, cashier, uh, what is this charge here? And she'll hem and haw, and you'll say, well, I'm not going to pay it. It wasn't quoted to me. Uh, I'm paying for the repair you did. I'm not going to pay anything extra. And if you make a stink about it, oftentimes... More often than not, they will remove it because they know they're doing the wrong thing. Rick? There are two of them, however, that are legit, and that's the tire disposal fee and battery disposal that's not, fee, that's recycle not, fees. That's not, that's not legitimate. Well, I thought when you buy a new one, it's charged yeah. that and then paid yeah. back later. It's overhead. It's called the cost of doing business. Uh, you know, your power bill, your talking yeah, about exactly. purchasing a new vehicle, the, oh, new vehicle. The, the state yeah the state tire and battery fee is a legitimate yeah, right. oh when you're yeah. buying the car we're yeah. talking about shop fees oh no no yeah. Sh- no no yeah howard uh, yeah when I, I when i was charged shop fees i told him i said well, okay well then give me the rags and give me that can of right. wd-40 that you use yeah, yeah. give me the rest uh, of the of the brake fluid and hand soap yeah <laughs> yeah that's good, and, good. And just to come out of my chip you little every time i went there they always try to upsell me on something that they really didn't need. Well, that happens in a lot of car dealerships and independents. And remember, everybody's on commission, Howard. So uh, they get, uh, what, uh, 5% or 10% of whatever they sell you. And that really separates the uh, honest people from the crooks. Uh, unfortunately, commission is part of our society. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I have my technicians and my service advisors on commission, and my New Year's resolution is to come up with a better pay plan that does not pit uh, technicians and service advisors into an adversarial relationship because honest people 
are going to treat you right, but the people with a little larceny in their heart, if they're on commission, they're going to come after you. And uh, I it's, SOP. it's a bad pay plan. Yeah. Uh, all right, appreciate it. Okay, Howard, thanks for calling. Keep on listening. We're going to go real quick to uh, Doug, who's calling from Boca. Good morning, Doug. Hello. Hi, Doug. How you doing? Hey, Ali. Hey, how are you? Well, Ali thank you. <laughs> um, I have a question. Sometimes when I get gas, I get better mile mileage. And other times I get gas from a different station, and then I get worse mileage. So, I mean, as much as three to four miles per gallon more on some gas that I get. So, I mean, from one Chevron to another Chevron, this one Chevron I get four more miles per gallon, and the other one I get less. So, same brand, same brand, and same yep. octane. Hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you stumped me on that. Every now and then we get stumped, and uh, we're going to have to Google that and see. I can't, I can't think of what could cause the problem, but uh, uh, that's significant. Two or three miles per gallon is significant, and uh, if anybody out there in uh, Radio Land knows the answer to Doug's question, uh, I'd be interested in hearing. But Doug, uh, we'll go into Station A at Chevron. Fill up his tank, and he'll get a certain mileage. And then he'll go to the, another Chevron station, get the same octane, same brand, and he'll get two or three miles a gallon more or less. And I don't know why that is, Doug. I uh, I apologize for for failing you on that. No, okay. Ollie can't answer it either. Ollie, okay. <laughs> well, if Ollie can't answer it, there is no answer. Oh, but, no. Uh, I feel better now. Ollie is uh, Doug's kitty cat, for those who wonder who Ollie is. But, well, Doug, thanks very much. Uh, I, we should have a reward for people who stump, stump Earl and stump Rick. Well, the, the only thing I really could come up with on Rick that. was going to jump in on that. You, you know I will. I, I hate being stumped. I, I want to solve these problems. Um, the only thing I might guess is temperature changes from one time to the next i mean like this past you're stretching, week you're stretching rick well this past week temperatures have dropped a lot air conditioners are not having to work near as hard on the car therefore you're not using as much fuel versus well, a week a, and a half ago it was a lot warmer that's and your ac had to work harder that's the best answer you're going to get yeah. this happened in the summer i retract too, my snark so. good answer <laughs> no, it wasn't just the winter <laughs> well we'll, okay. we'll research it but that's the best we can come up with now Doug, and if anybody else knows the answer, 877-960-9960. Give us a call or text us at 772-497-6530. And, Until uh, then, uh, Doug, I'll think of some prize to give you for stumping the uh, panel here. <laughs> a big bag of catnip. Yeah, have a good day. Yeah, exactly. We give away cookies. Keep on this listening. show's getting expensive. Big bag of catnip. <laughs> Guys are still Catnip, talking. that'd be great. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll get, yeah, exactly. A laser pointer for Ollie. Um, we have a couple of texts that just came in. Great. Uh, here's one. Uh, years ago, I tried to buy a car, and they said I was upside down on my trade. The salesman asked if I had gap, and when I said I did, he recommended pushing it into a canal so I could get out of my loan clean. Ooh. I left in shock, Dan and Sebring. <laughs> That's called an insurance fraud, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there is a term for it. They call it stovepiping. Yeah. yeah. But, it's, but it's fraud. And well, you know, I, the, the sad <laughs> thing is I believe it. 
<laughs> I believe it happened. And uh, fortunately, he said years ago. I'm, I'm, I, yeah. I'm glad modern dealerships aren't doing that's, that. That's called a felony. Oh yeah, yeah, you get a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> Don't if you're listening. That's bad advice. Don't do that. Uh, the next one is from Emmanuel in Lake Worth. He says, I went to one of those cheapo gas stations, and I think I got a tank of bad gas in my car that's causing severe knocking. How do you get it out of my tank? What should you do? Rick? Best advice, you just need to drive it out. However, what you can try, and it, you're, it's going to be a very rare time that I will recommend trying an additive in your fuel. If you're getting spark knocker ping, uh, Pep Boys or your local auto store, look for a product called 104 Octane Boost, or it's an Octane Booster. Uh, most of them are, most of the products are going to be about the same, and you just pour some of this in your fuel tank, according to the directions on the can, and it will raise the octane level of the fuel and help reduce that spark knock. Wow, that's cool. 104 Octane Boost. I never heard of that. We used to use that back in the day when uh, we'd take our cars out to Moroso and that because you could tune the carb and tune your timing a little more to get a little more power out of it, dump a bunch of this in the tank, and you would not get that spark knock, and you could abuse your daily driver on the drag strip. Yeah. Now, another uh, thing we want to recommend to this uh, texture is uh, you can try to get the repair covered by the gas station. Yeah. And you mentioned it was a cheap independent. That lowers your chances. But nevertheless, if you can prove by your receipt, mm -hmm. and the advice to folks out there when you buy gas, keep your receipt and use the same gas station regularly. Yeah. If you don't do both those things, then the gas station can deny yeah. responsibility. And See? if uh, you don't have the receipt, hopefully you put it on a credit card because you'll have a record of that transaction. Yeah, exactly. But, but if, if it's just spark knock, they're probably going to say, well, there's no real damage to your car. Just drive it out well yeah if it's only that but it becomes serious yeah. oh yeah if you get damaged, yeah, we've seen yeah. some bad stuff yeah, yeah. water mm -hmm. sugar mud <laughs> okay. we're all caught up yeah we're caught up so it's time for the mystery shopping report okay yeah. uh, folks uh, we're waiting to hear from you we'd like you to vote on that mystery shopping report from Mullinex Ford 772-497-6530 this is uh, Mullinex Ford, by the way, in Apopka. Uh, we shop Mullinex Ford's uh, Lake Park location four times. They're on North Lake Boulevard and have had uh, mixed but mostly good results. Mullinex Ford was the first and for a long time the only car dealer to pass the Takata test. They did this when they were on the subjects of our massive, they were one of our subjects of our massive South Florida Takata mystery shop that saw literally dozens of dealers fall by misrepresenting the safety of used vehicles they were selling. We always liked Mullinex and we've placed them on our recommended dealer list for many years. Their no-haggle approach, which they stick to, and their no-dealer de fee policy. Uh, interestingly enough, even before, and I, full transparency, uh, I am a car dealer, and many years ago, before I dropped my dealer fee, because I used to charge one, $495, as a matter of fact, uh, Mullinex Ford, uh, Ford dealership he had in Fort Lauderdale area at the time, um, did not have a dealer fee. And uh, he was well known at that time for not having a dealer fee. So he really pioneered no dealer fee. So it's interesting. It's a historical thing. Uh, the dealerships now have expanded. There are more dealerships, and they're being operated by Mullinex's sons, I believe. Uh, 
Unfortunately, the last two times we shopped them, we were disappointed to find out that they were in fact, Mullinex was in fact charging dealer fees. In August of 2017 and again in January of 2018, Agent X returned with Mullinex buyer's orders that listed a $53 charge for dealer delivery fee. 53 bucks. That's, that's you know, almost why. Very small in today's scheme of things. Well, it vo- multiplies with volume, so. Yeah, well, it, it adds up. But the average dealer fee now is probably $800. So, uh, But he had another one. Molnex did, $49, he called Florida Dock Stamps. And frankly, we were shocked at this. Yeah. In both cases, Agent X was paying cash. Well, uh, and, and, and the dock fee, even if you charge the dock, you don't charge documentary fees on the cash purchase. So it was added insult to injury. Uh, but they're still tiny compared to most South Florida dealers. Uh, Molnex Ford and Lake Park charges 102 bucks. And dealer fees. You know, Last time we checked. That might be brilliant. Yeah, so a, a customer comes in, they see a $1,000 dealer fee. They're going to want to negotiate with that if they're somewhat educated. Yeah. $102, they might be likely to just say, oh, forget about it. I'm getting a deal. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge discount yeah. on mm-hmm. my dealer fee. I mean, if they if you have a $1,000 dealer fee and they say take off the dealer fee, yeah. they're not doing as well as uh, as Mullinex Ford is with their Well, Mullinex insurance you're advertising to, we have the lowest dealer, yeah. dealer fee. Well, that's what we used to tell people. We had, we had one of the lowest dealer fees in town back Zero. 15 years ago, yeah. yeah. What made this especially egregious is the fact that they heavily promote that they don't charge a dealer fee. It'd be better if they were honest about it. And I, this baffles me. I don't know why they would do that. Malnex uh, has six locations in Florida, and all of them promise no dealer fees. We decided to go check out one of their dealerships outside of the South Florida area to see about two things. You know, South Florida, it's really rough and tumble, the wild, wild west. The further north you go, generally speaking, tamer things get, although we do have the Kia dealership that we shopped uh, last week that was uh, the worst we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That was on the west coast, which was almost north Florida. It was huge. Huge. There was only one man with the fortitude to take on a mission to Apopka, and that was Agent X. And here's a report, as if I were Agent X. <coughs> Prior to setting out for Mullinex Ford of Apopka, I found a 2006 Ford Mustang on their website that had both driver's side and passenger side to cut airbag recalls, and no parts available. Get this, no parts. So these deadly safety defects can't be remedied. The Mustang was priced at $5,500. I called ahead to make sure it was there, spoke with a salesman named Mike, who told me to come on down. The car was there. I told Mike it was his lucky day because I intended to buy two cars, a new 2018 Fusion Hybrid for myself and the 2006 Mustang for my son. Mike sounded enthusiastic and told me to ask for him when I arrived. I got there around 5 o'clock in the afternoon, walked into the showroom. I asked the receptionist for Mike and waited. A few minutes, a very friendly-looking middle-aged guy approached and asked if I was blank. We can't tell Agent X's real name. He said he'd already found a great deal for me on the 2018 Ford Fusion and wanted to know if I wanted to start with one that uh, that car or the used Mustang. I said I wanted to look at the Fusion first, a new one. He led me outside, told me about <clears throat> himself and the dealership as we walked to the car. 
He said he had been selling cars for, for Mullinex for 14 years. He emphasized that this was a no-haggle dealership and they didn't charge dealer service fees. So far, We're, so good. So far, yeah. Looking fine. We arrived at the Fusion Hybrid. Mike launched into a nice presentation. He suggested we test drive it, and I agreed. He had the keys already in his hand. We hopped in, drove off. I noticed the odometer that indicated 2,481 miles already on the car. I didn't say anything, and neither did Mike. That's something you don't normally notice. And when you're dri test driving a car or buying a car, take a look at the odometer. You don't think about it, but new cars all have miles on them. And also be make sure that you ma you're you not looking at the trip odometer. Yeah, exactly. Because you could have Confusing. miles on a car and make it I look make, like nothing. I make that mistake yeah. when I look at it. So, um, We got back to the showroom. Mike tried some trial closes. He asked if I liked the car and if the numbers looked good. Would I like to take it home that night? He reminded me again that there were no dealer fees. I said I would like to take it home if the numbers were right. At his desk, Mike wanted to know how I was paying for the car. That's classic. I told him it would be cash, and he accepted that without trying to convince me to finance. And in the tough dealerships, they will beat you over the head oh, yeah. to get their financing. That's where car dealers make the most money. Last week, they wouldn't even tell him the price wouldn't in, tell him. unless he filled out a credit sure. application. He told me I was going to be very happy because he was going to save me a ton of money due to the fact that the Fusion we drove was a demo. The, the, then he could sell it for thousands less than the one that was technically new. Now, that's not true. Uh, the word can, he can if he wants to, but there's nothing about a demo that makes them sell them for less money than the fact that you know it's a demo, right. which is one of the reasons how you need to be careful. Uh, I also didn't like how he kind of waited until yeah. he had gotten Agent X to love the car before he mentioned yeah. it was a yeah. demo. Uh, demonstrators uh, are not typically uh, subsidized by the manufacturers. That meaning that when a car dealer uses a car for a demonstrator, uh, he just uses it and there's no subsidy involved. He's not getting a discount from the price. So when he discounts a demonstrator from you, he is really taking it out of his hide. You know, he's not, he's lowering his profit mm -hmm. by being honest with you because you should yeah. get some discount. Even if they depreciate the car, they're still just recouping a, yeah. a, a, a little bit of a loss. So he says he's going to get a really good deal because it is a demo. And it could be, but it doesn't have to be. Um, he said this was still considered new because it had never been titled, which true. is true. And it's also wrong, by the way. Uh, there should be a Florida law. Now, there is a Florida law. Has to be disclosed. Has to be disclosed. Uh, the Florida law says that if you sell a car which has been used as a demonstrator, you have to disclose it in writing. And there's a paper that says this car was used as a demonstrator. Or previously sold, even if it wasn't titled. Or previously sold. And you're supposed to sign acknowledging that you've read the paper. Typically, you don't read it, and you just sign all the papers. Uh, now, where it should be is on the title, and it's not. And Florida law should have all cars that use as demonstrators yeah. shown on the title. If it's a rental or lease car is shown, if it's a police car is shown, a lot of things have to be shown on the title. Why wouldn't you show that a car was used commercially to sell other cars as a demonstrator? But they don't do what it should be. And the manufacturers do have the um, 
the ability or the for the dealers to report it as a demo. Yes. So, and, and a lot of dealers just don't do that. They just don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, technically, it's new. He said this was still considered new because it never been titled. He said I was getting the best of both worlds, a new car for the price of a used one. I said, let's see the numbers. Mike left to get a worksheet. Buyer's order returned in a couple of minutes. Sat down and presented the deal. The MSRP was $28,230. He had discounted it to arrive at the selling price of $20,500 plus tax and tag. That's a big discount. It's pretty good. Um, I did look up to see what a used 2018 uh, Fusion Hybrid would be. It's still on the high side. Um, they're going for around 18000 maybe eighteen five. Mm. So it's a little bit higher, but like he said, it hasn't been titled, so that does give it some value. And there was no dealer fee, which surprised mm -hmm. us. 22289 out the door. He said I could take delivery that night, or if I needed a little time, I could give him a $100 deposit to hold it for a few days. I said I'd let him know after we discussed the used Mustang for my son. Uh, Mike said, great, let's take a look at it. It was at the far side of Mullinax's enormous lot. Uh, we took a golf cart over there on the ride. Mike cautioned that the car hadn't been through the shop yet or detailed. Asked me not to judge it too harshly. I asked him whether the car was safe considering it hasn't been checked out yet. He said it was, but they would make sure during inspection and they wouldn't sell it if they determined it wasn't safe. The Mustang looked a little rough, mismatched tire brands, dirty, a trunk with garbage in it, Mike started the engine, and it roared. Mike said it had a cold air intake, and I said, my son will love that. Uh, I asked about accidents, and Mike said, we uh, look over Carfax report when we went back inside. We drove the car in return. Back at Mike's desk, he said that the price was $5,500 plus tax and tag, no dealer fees. Again, pleasant surprise. I'd already been through the no-haggle thing with him, so I didn't try to get a discount. Mike left to get a printed copy of the Carfax report. He returned, and we looked it over. By the way, uh, a lot of dealers say they're no-haggle, no-hassle, but they really aren't. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you are dealing with somebody that says they're no-haggle, no-hassle, it isn't going to hurt you to try. Right. And you should. Yeah. And you should always shop and compare their price. Don't take no-haggle, no-hassle. Yeah. Is the gospel. We see stuff. a lot more uh, uh, one price, no haggle approaches with used cars. Yeah. Than new. It's, it's a little bit rare. Well, Packer Ford, for example, they say bottom line pricing implication being no haggle, no hassle. Yeah. They negotiate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other thing I just wanted to point out real quick was I, um, the Carfax report. Very important. Uh, Mullinax, I was actually surprised to see you can't access uh, the Carfax report on their website. Hmm. And uh, pretty much every car dealer, even the small little buy here, pay here's, We'll list that on there. You can check it out before you get to the store. We had to run it our own with our own resources. Now, was that um, that's, that's a choice of Mullinex? Yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a strike. That's a strike against Mullinex, who used to be the pristine best Ford dealer and one of the best car dealers we recommend. Why would Mullinex Ford not permit you to access Carfax reports on the cars online? It yeah. doesn't cost them anything, does it? Uh, not to put it on the website, they'll yeah. pay a subscription for the things, but they well, obviously yeah. have they have the service. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, a strike against Mullinex. It's either an oversight or a... Could be an oversight. Um, I asked him again if uh, it was a safe car. 
He said, it will be when we get it through the shop. I asked him if he would get that handled, and he asked me to give him a $100 deposit to hold it while it was inspected. Now, here's another suggestion from Mullinex. You have the Carfax report. You have the car. Why haven't you put it to the shop? Or why wasn't it in the shop? Why wouldn't the first thing you do when you take a car, you had time to advertise it. Yeah, put it online, yeah. You put it online, you advertised it, you had the car waiting for me when I came in. The car should have been in process. Yeah. yeah so, just a suggestion. And, that, and that's done by design. I mean, when they get a car, especially a cheap one, they want it on the website right away. Yeah. And maybe if they can't sell it, they wholesale it, and they don't want to spend any money on it. I asked him if he would uh, get that handle. He asked me, okay. Uh, he said, uh, unless I gave him the $100, it's likely another salesperson would work a deal on it and probably sell it, which is true. Uh, it's not a bad idea to give a, a salesman a deposit to hold the car, but be sure that you have a receipt that says you have a refundable, refundable yeah. deposit. And he's telling the truth. It's it, it's tax time. People are going to be yeah. getting tax refunds. Yeah. A $5,500 car is very attractive. Florida law says if you do not have on the receipt that the deposit is refundable, it's not refundable. That's a bad law. All deposits should be refundable. I felt some mild pressure, but agreed to give him the deposit. Mike said it should only take a day, and he'd call me with the results of the inspection. He also said my deposit was good for holding both the new, um, which was a demo Fusion, Ford Fusion, and the Mustang. That's cheap. I asked him if my deposit held the price, and he replied it would, unless they found any major repairs. I thanked him. Uh, and left. Mike called me the next day to say that the Mustang passed inspection. They replaced two tires, but would keep the price at uh, $5,500 plus tax and tag, only 6357 out the door. He asked if I was ready to come get it. I said maybe, but I had concerns about the Dakota recalls. Mike said that recalls are common. And they affect all makes of cars. That's a true statement. Like Chevy's and Toyota's, true. He said it was nothing to worry about, and I would get a letter soon from Ford letting me know when the recall can be fixed, and there would be no charge for me. This, <clears throat> this is what really got us uh, upset. Nothing to worry about. Upset. Now, obviously it's something to worry about. The other thing is, he probably won't get a letter. Uh, if this... Uh, well, yeah, how is he going to get a letter? Yeah. Ford doesn't know he bought it. Yeah. Ford... Ford knows that uh, who they sold the car to the first time, uh, that he could be a second or third or fourth owner, and typically these letters... It would be the fourth owner. Fourth owner. And the chances are, like a snowball in hell, that they are going to ever get a letter. Uh, really shocked by all this. Uh, the other thing is, I didn't see it printed out on my copy, Stu, but we know for a fact that there is no uh, remedy. That is better. correct. Okay, so there's no remedy available. So he w he misinformed the person of the fact that there's no remedy available. Was that pre premeditated, or stupidity, or carelessness? No, I think he's he's, he's he, well. He's not being completely genuine. He says he'll get a letter from Ford saying they would let him know when the recall can be fixed. Oh, yeah. He's not saying it can be fixed. He says they'll be notified. Okay, so he's but telling that's not the truth. He's telling. Okay, yeah. He's not going to get notified. He's not going to get notified. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. It's a, it's a terrible, disappointing thing on a very good dealer that has a good reputation, and uh, 
I don't think we followed through before. I had said before when we discovered the dealer fee that we're going to try to get through to the Mullinex folks, and we never did, but we need to somehow or other. Uh, there's a good family dealership group that is going to hell in a handbasket. And first they uh, went into the dealer fee game, and now they're going into the deception and the Takata airbag thing, and it's just sad is well, all I can say. Uh, well, in this case here, I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, on the buyer's order, there's a blank dealer fee for a small amount. So our prior shops discovered the dealer fees, but if you look, uh, there's a copy there for a $49. Well, no, there's nothing, there's nothing dealer, in there. It's, it's zero. But dealer handling fee yeah. said zero, yeah. which means they didn't put a number in there. Or they're using it to as a... Um, like a sales tool, like to yeah. draw attention that they're yeah. not selling it. It's disturbing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we need to, and it could be that each, uh, there's six Mullinex dealerships. Maybe they have different policies at different ones. We'll have to call and find out that. But anybody that knows anybody at Mullinex or six dealerships, uh, give them a heads up. We would love to be able to uh, get them on the path of righteousness again. Uh, they were a good dealer. And we're going to rate them now. We don't know whether we're going to rate them as a good dealer or a bad dealer. Uh, do we have any uh, we have votes so four far? Four so far. We have new, for the new, I guess they mean the new car portion, A, used F. I guess that averages out to a C. The next one is a C minus. And we have an F and a D so far. Yeah. Uh, that's disturbing. Uh, who wants to go first in the studio here? Uh, I'll go first. I... Uh, I do like Mullinex Ford. Um, I did like to see the development with the dealer fees uh, in the last two previous shops. They had points in my mind for not doing dealer fees up in Apopka, but I can't, um, I can't pass them after how they handled the Takata portion of that shop. You can't. You can't. Not. Nope. So i got to give them an F. Nancy? Uh, I'm going to give them an F. just doesn't represent you know who I am. Uh, the uh, mystery shopper clearly mentioned this vehicle was for his son and uh, added to the dealer fee. The whole thing's pretty sloppy. Yeah. I give it an F. Yeah. Rick? I, I want to go split. I, I want to do two grades. On the new car, I want to give him a B because I think if you, if you split these into two separate deals on the Fusion, Mike was totally honest that it's a demo. He gave him a very reasonable discount and no dealer fee and if all if that was the only car that we were mystery shopping that would have been a b or an a right off the bat that would have been an, yeah. a, an exceptional mystery shop yeah. mm. so i'd like to see them get a, a split grade on that give them a b for that but on the takata one it is a solid f because yeah. he should have immediately said this cannot be fixed you know yeah it's he, sh he should have been at least been upfront and saying it cannot be repaired and no, i agree with you i'm gonna do? give him an f also yeah. and uh <coughs> linda on facebook uh chimes in with a big fat f yeah big okay. fat f mm -hmm. uh you know the f uh, and the takata trumps the b or the a or whatever you want to give them on yeah. the first part because in a, in a lot of ways this takata shop is arguably maybe the worst shop we've done on takata because he knew that the remedy was not available, and he told him to buy the car anyway, and that he would be notified by Ford. Uh, it just is absolutely unconscionable, 
and either he was sadly misinformed, or and I just don't believe it. I think it was a premeditated act to uh, sell the car, and I think maybe he's hopefully it's a salesman. But he said to work for him for 12 years, uh, 14, 14 years. Yeah. He's been there for a while. Uh, we're going to contact uh, Mullinex, and we will call the dealership, and we will have to speak to the uh, Mullinex if there is a Mullinex there. If not, the general manager will have a conversation, and we will report back to you next week as to how a good dealership who went bad uh, can be revived. I think Sounds we're good. about out of time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars, and uh, we want to thank you. And uh, there's a lot of ways for you to spend your weekend, and thank you for spending it with us. We'll see you next week.